The Adventures of Elizabeth Crown presents The Woman in the Sky, Episode 5. Professor O'Malley peered into his mail slot, but it was empty. Still no envelope, as he had hoped. He adjusted the shoulder strap of his satchel and began to climb the long stairway to his apartment. Squeals and shouts issued from the quad, and he grinned at the thought of future physicians tossing snowballs at each other. He passed a broad window and saw the snow pouring down, the frozen confetti of the year's first blizzard. He unlocked his door and pushed his back against it, taking one final look at the storm blustering outside. When he noticed the pool of light coming from his study, he silently cursed himself for leaving his desk lamp on. Then he saw her, Elizabeth, leaning against his bookshelf, arms crossed. Jump and Jehoshaphat, cried O'Malley. His bag slid off his arm and hit the worn oriental carpet. When Elizabeth said nothing, he said, How in blazes did you get in here? You should brew some tea, Elizabeth said grimly. O'Malley was baffled, but he took only a moment to slip into his kitchen and light the gas range. He watched as flame crowned the base of his tea kettle. For a bachelor, O'Malley's apartment was spacious, with its own living room, a study in the corner, a generous master bedroom, and a quaint kitchen. The washroom even had its own bathtub. Each room had its own radiator. The domicile was so warm that he dragged the scarf from his neck and bundled it atop the icebox. Elizabeth wandered into the kitchen and leaned against the doorframe. O'Malley retreated to the back of the room and lifted himself onto the counter. His legs swayed slightly beneath him. You likely have a lot of questions, said O'Malley. Ask anything you... Henrietta Grayson, interjected Elizabeth. She raised her hand and tallied on her fingers. Chemist, professor, and the murderer of three nuns, correct? Correct, said O'Malley. I took your word for it, said Elizabeth, and I believe you. I think she killed them. Yet I had to wonder, why nuns? And why those particular nuns? Does she hate religion? Did she like that they were old and couldn't run away? Maybe she liked that they were cloistered. They'd be slow to call the police. So many sadistic possibilities, don't you think? O'Malley winced. Is that a question? No, said Elizabeth. Not yet, because I want to guess. I think I've earned the right. Well then, O'Malley said. That's more interesting, isn't it? Ms. Grayson was fiery began Elizabeth. We all saw that. She's the kind of spinster young men fawn over. Smart, pretty, seems to have a wild streak. Maybe she was always that way. But she was careless. She met the wrong boy. Elizabeth cocked her head sideways. Am I on the right track? Go on, said O'Malley. She told me her father was a good man. She said we had that in common. But in her case, I think that meant her mother was the opposite. 
I think her mother was a harpy. And I'll bet when Mother Grayson learned her daughter was pregnant, she sent her away to St. Magella's Abbey in Podunk, Massachusetts. O'Malley looked melancholically at the floor. Nuns were never more cruel than to a fallen woman, he said. I'm sure they were, Elizabeth spat. Cruel, that is. We all know nuns treat those girls like slaves. But it was worse than that, because after nine months, they took her child away. She glared at O'Malley. Didn't they? The kettle whistled. Steam jetted into the air. O'Malley slid down from his roost and poured water into two cups. It was a wicked thing, he said, and handed a cup to Elizabeth. To seek revenge, I can't begrudge her that. The child is gone forever. Its name is lost. I shan't believe she even saw the newborn's face before they stole it away. And if it were me, I'd have killed the bitches myself. Elizabeth glowered. But that's not the reason. What reason? What do you mean? The reason you never turned her in. You pitied her, I'm sure. But justice isn't what you're after. You want to know her secret. O'Malley nodded serenely. Quite so. Now, what did you find out? Elizabeth raised a finger. Not so fast, Professor. I want to know what's going on. Who are you? And what's your role in all this? Elizabeth, I've stalked a murderer for three days. I have a right to know, haven't I? O'Malley sighed through his tapered nostrils. He bowed his head in silent acquiescence. Then he raised his finger to the base of his throat. He grasped his bow tie and began to unravel it, and then he unfastened his top button. The gesture alarmed Elizabeth, and she instinctively stepped away. She felt herself blush, and although she would never have admitted it, the thought of her professor undressing tinged her with excitement. But O'Malley only reached into his shirt, grasped something within, and drew it out. A delicate silver chain spilled down his chest. At the bottom hung a small ring. The metal was dull gray, like unpolished pewter. He took the ring delicately in his fingertips and held it toward the light. Elizabeth crept toward it, mouth agape. The ring was topped with a disc, and Elizabeth squinted at the tiny figure cut into its surface. It was a tiny plant, a palm tree, perhaps, with a crescent moon circumscribed above. What, what does it mean? This, intoned O'Malley, is my most prized possession. I wouldn't trade it for a heap of diamonds. It's just a piece of jewelry, mind you, but what it means has shaped the story of my life. Without this ring, I'd still be a worthless bruiser, picking fights on Eden Quay. A secret society, whispered Elizabeth. Now, quid pro quo, said O'Malley, stuffing the ring and its chain back into his shirt. What did you find? Elizabeth took a long breath. I'm no chemist, said Elizabeth. It's by far my weakest subject. But I think she was experimenting with helium. She was what? O'Malley slammed down his tea. He ripped the glasses from his nose. 
Helium, you say? To what end? Helium is lighter than air, Elizabeth went on. Every child with a rubber balloon knows that. And helium is a gas, unless it's minus 452 degrees Fahrenheit, which it never is, not even in Massachusetts. Certainly, agreed O'Malley. Then what was she trying to do? What if, Elizabeth said slowly, you could extract the property of helium that gives it lift, or you mixed helium with something else to make it liquid? What if you could inject the serum into your veins? What if you could make your bloodstream lighter than air? My God, breathed O'Malley. She gave herself the ability to fly. That was the idea, but she had to be careful. Too much of the serum, and she would float away. Not enough, and she'd never leave the ground. So she gave herself enough to leap great distances, like a flying squirrel. Of course, marveled O'Malley. That's how she assailed the Abbey. She flew. Precisely. She snuck through the first sister's window. Then she jumped over the garden wall. And then she used the window again to the Mother Superior's study. That's why there were only two footprints in the middle of the desk. She must have sprung across the entire room and landed there. Then she knocked the old woman down, pulled her across the room, and threw her out the window. Then she simply flew away before anyone could spot her. A shrewder plot has never been hatched, seethed O'Malley. But I don't think she planned it that way, said Elizabeth. I don't think Miss Grayson is a killer, not by nature. She's kind, she's mothering, and when they took away her child, she must have turned her attentions to science. She experimented in that cottage for a long time. Living in the woods gave her a private place to run her tests. But she wanted a patent, not a weapon. She wanted to discover something. Elizabeth shook her head. But then she saw she had a deadly instrument. The abbey was so close. The women who had stolen her child were still there, and no one would ever punish them for the things that they did. She could finally have her revenge. She could make them suffer, just as she had suffered, and no one would be the wiser. Incredible, said O'Malley, blinking aloofly. But how do you know all this? I went to her house. You did what? Elizabeth scrunched her face. I went this afternoon. I knew her schedule, and I thought she would be in class all day. She rolled her head with fatigue. I took Abner. Abner Cohen, burst O'Malley. The Jew boy on the basketball squad. Why the devil would you take him? For starters, he's my only friend, retorted Elizabeth. And for your information, he probably saved my life. Miss Grayson came home early, and if Abner hadn't distracted her, I'd be buried in her backyard by now. Forgive me, said O'Malley, reaching out a conciliatory hand. He's a devoted friend, I can tell. No disrespect. But did she see his face? She did more than that. She chased him into the woods. She beat him to a pulp. She bruised his ribs and gave him a concussion. And she would have kept going. She would have killed him if... If what? Elizabeth hardened. She stood up straight and jutted her chin, defiant. If I hadn't hit her with a rock. O'Malley was aghast. His eyes popped from their sockets. 
He grabbed his scarf and moved toward the doorway. Where is she now? She's dead, Professor, Elizabeth said firmly. Dead? Yes. We dragged her to her house, and I put her inside. She hesitated. And then I spread kerosene on the floor and set it on fire, so it would look like an accident. Before O'Malley could grasp this, Elizabeth reached into her pocket and drew a packet of papers. But first I nabbed these, in case you want to learn how to fly. Elizabeth tossed the papers on the counter, then refolded her arms. I... I don't know what to say, O'Malley stammered. You... killed her? I don't think of myself as a killer, said Elizabeth evenly. All things being equal, I wouldn't hurt a butterfly. And Miss Grayson was good to me. She said kind things. But when she started hurting Abner, something changed in me, Professor. I had to stop her at any cost. O'Malley studied Elizabeth. She was so young and gangly. A strong breeze might knock her over. Yet her posture was bold. Her eyes burned. She looked as ironclad as anyone O'Malley had ever met. He recognized the passion in her face, the hunger, the resolution. Elizabeth Crown was everything he had hoped. I think I've paid my dues, Professor, said Elizabeth. I should say you have, agreed O'Malley. Now we've reached a fork in the road. I won't blame you for staying here if that's your choice. We both know that's not my choice, Elizabeth rebutted. Very well, then. O'Malley opened the kettle and dumped the remaining water into the sink. It splashed over white porcelain and gurgled down the drain. You'd better pack your things. We leave in the morning. Leave? For where? For London, my dear. And right here, folks, we'll be away for quite some time. That concludes The Woman in the Sky by Robert Eisenberg. The Adventures of Elizabeth Crown is produced by Backpack Media, LLC. For more information about Elizabeth Crown and the exciting field of uncanology, visit elizabethcrown.net. Special thanks to Naoya Sakamata for the use of her music.